Hello and welcome back to the Big C Church podcast. Uh, I am very happy to, today to have as my guest Roland Smith. Roland is uh, lives an hour to the south of me in Colorado Springs, Colorado, but um, he is the national director of Forge America. Um, of which disclaimer, I now sit on the board, which is really cool. Uh, but he's also, um, a pastor of missional culture at Pulpit Rock Church in Colorado Springs. Uh, he's been a church planter, pastor in other contexts, just a long, uh, long history of, um, ministry with and how that goes. But, um, uh, welcome to this, this raw and uncut Rowan <laughs> in conversation <laughs> on the Big Church <laughs> podcast. Hey, it's great to be here, Angie. I'm really looking forward to it. I have been listening to the Big C Church podcast, and you've had some fantastic guests, so I'm really honored to be here. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, you work with Terry Ishii, who is our very first one, so you're not our first, but you're in, in the top top few so far. Well, I, I count that I count that as uh, an honor. And Terry that was a test, right? That's right. We were just testing with Terry. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was the dress <laughs> rehearsal. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so um, the question is the church. So I'll let you do your thing. I mean, you have a doctorate in, um, is it in missiology from Fuller? It's in missiology. But yeah. it's a focused on the church. And so you can talk a little bit about that. But what is your understanding? And is Forge America, actually, Tell me about Forge America or tell listeners. I know what it is a little bit, but okay. talk a little bit about what, what that is. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Forge America is one of the contexts that I uh, serve in and Forge has been around for um, a lot of years internationally, especially it was started uh, in the late nineties by missiologists, um, Michael Frost and Alan Hirsch and his wife, Deb. Um, and then it's kind of spread around the globe and Forge America, which is the organization I specifically kind of serve with, has uh, been around since about 2010. And um, we we train missional practitioners is the simple way to say it. So we want to bring a realization to people and to organizations that there is this mission out there that God has for his church he's already he's already doing it and he's asked us to participate in it and so uh, we spend a lot of our time kind of um, talking a lot about you know the theological kind of term is missio day we may get into that here in a little bit but um, really kind of awakening or reawakening people the church and individuals and organizations to this this idea that Hey, we're, we, we are designed and asked and built to go on mission with God, with Jesus, you know, and, and that's part of who we are in our uh, core identity. So that's what Forge does. And it's real organics, real kind of spread out around the country. And yeah, I'm the national director. That's a big old title, but really we kind of lead as a team and, you know, I, I kind of look forward and do kind of vision voicing, keep us between the guardrails and Terry Ishi, who you mentioned uh, was on the first podcast that you recorded. He's the, he's the executive director. We call him the integrator. So he's the guy that keeps all the wheels greased and, and really helps the team run. So, yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. 
Um, well, and I can't remember how I, I think I got uh, connected with you through our mutual friend, Caitlin Carlson from NavPress, but have since we've, we uh, cross-pollinate on a lot of things. And so I'll do a yeah. little plug for Denver Seminary and Forge America are partnering on a new DMIN Doctor of Ministry track called New Missional Movements. So, yes. um, yeah. You well, and it occurs to me now with you being on the board and then we're doing this demon and I'm going to prof in one of those, one or yeah. two of those courses that makes you my boss in two different areas. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so be careful, you know? Yeah. 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 That's great. Well, so you talking about Forge America and you talked about his church and the church. So yeah. what's your understanding of the church or his church? What does oh, that mean to you? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a contextual definition of that. There's probably a biblical definition of that. Um, you know, we've kind of, my, I, my sense would be we've a little bit messed up the biblical definition hmm. with our contextual definition. So what I mean by that is, you know, we can obviously go back to the scriptures, you know, and we can talk about what does ecclesia mean, you know, which is translated into church. And, you know, it's really this called called out group of people that gather together for a specific purpose, you know, and, and all of that, you know, all of that is true. Paul uses that word. Um, but I think our contextual definition of church, like, you know, if we talked in the West, um, and we said, Hey, what church do you go to? We, we don't normally think of ourselves as the church of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't mean like the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but like, you know, the big C church, as you call the podcast, we normally will think of a specific address. It's the name of a specific faith community. And usually it'll be it might be part of a denomination or have, you know, a particular bounded set of theology and that kind of thing. And that's why we go there. And and it's not that that's bad, but we've a little bit kind of convoluted our identity because I think, I think the church is, uh, it's reductionist if we just say it's these brick and mortar buildings mm -hmm. or even house churches, you know, it's just these little, little gatherings, um, specific gatherings that happen. So, you know, I guess I advocate for a larger view, uh, of the church as, maybe more collective than, um, organizational. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's idealism, you know, it's kind of trying to be, be pure, uh, with it. So, so sometimes you'll hear me say, yeah, I I'm on staff at pulpit rock church. Yeah. I did it right but, there. Contextualized, right? Right yeah. there. But, but we do have to contextualize and we do have to understand the, you know, kind of, the landscape that we're operating in. And so I'll kind of talk both ways, but I, I spend a lot of time trying to help pull people back out of that. Hey, you're, you're part of a bigger thing than just wherever your membership is or whether you, wherever you tithe, you know? Yeah. So yeah. take a stab at that, that actual question. What is the church? Like you've touched on the biblical yeah. and the contextual and stuff. So like how, so when you try to say, you try to pull it back from that contextual to kind of a broader kind of yeah, thing. That, but I would say, I think there's, I think there's more than, I do think there's more than one definition. Um, 
so, you know, the, the pure definition it might be, you know, the church um, is made up of, of people that the people that follow Jesus um, and participate in his mission and are active in the kingdom. You know, that's like the big C proper thing. Uh, but I would also say the church, a, a really good definition of the church might be uh, a community of faith that is uh, listening to the Holy Spirit, discerning God's mission, participating in that, worshiping together and, and um, you know, being community together and welcoming others into that something yeah. like that. So, so I do think there's like a small kind of contextual definition that we have to have in our day and time, but then there is this, you know, this large theological definition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I asked not to, not because I have my definition um, all fixed, but because I'm trying to figure that out myself. And yeah. so, um, and, and um, realizing um, that I've, served and worked with church leaders and been in the church, you know, contextual, big C, little, whatever, all those things. And for years, didn't have a clear understanding myself. And now I'm still trying to work all that out. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my maybe my question back would be like, what if the church, the definition of the church is, is several things. Yeah. You know, what if it's more than one definition? Yeah. And, and I think I'm learning that more and more, you know, as I get older and also I'm involved in um, this, this network that we kind of started in Colorado Springs, which has invited all these different, you know, churches and kingdom expressions to kind of operate together, be in community together. Um, and so just this last Saturday, you know, I'm part of our church, but then I was working on a project that another church is trying to do and we're partnering with them financially. So you have this kind of, these kind of gray areas where communities of faith are starting to come together and do things together and you don't know where one starts and one ends. And so to me, that's a beautiful definition of the church, Yeah, you know, yeah. working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, um, a key word in forge and in your, you know, multiple definitions of church is mission, discerning God's mission or God's mission for the church, for his church. Um, and Terry Ishi and I talked on the first episode about loaded terms and how that has very different meanings. You know, uh, where I did my doctorate mission was all about global evangelism, mm -hmm. you know? So, so what do you mean when you talk about mission? Well, so I'm one of these people that doesn't like to throw out words, but I like to keep them and reclaim them, mm -hmm. you know, redefine them uh, for what they're supposed to mean. Um, Terry and I, we get into this a little bit because he's a little bit different uh, than I. But um, so, you know, I see like mission, missional, missionary, uh, all those things are grammatical terms for the same thing. So, you know, mission is, is us leaning into and participating into the, in the kingdom. I mean, that, that is mission and, and our mission, you know, the, the, the famous saying is that, you know, it's not that the church has a mission, but God's mission has a church. Yep. 
to do it. And so um, in a pure sense, I think God's people, when we're participating with God in his mission, then we are on mission. You know, we'll start using the little these little terms. Then right. we become missionaries. Mm-hmm. And that that's the same whether we're sent to Afghanistan or we're sent to Alabama. You know, it's we're still everyday missionaries. We live into the kingdom on mission every day of our lives. Um, and then, you know, in the one of the kind of scriptures I like to point to is John twenty twenty one. You know, Jesus shows up in a lot, ironically, in this locked room with disciples, yeah. you know, which tells you a little bit about the church, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like they're locked. Yeah. They're fearful of what's going on culturally outside, and um, and so they've locked themselves together. And Jesus, you know, is like, no, no. no. I like to think he goes like, no, 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 no. Um, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And of course, that word sent, apostolos, and we get mission um, from that, then we are a sent missionary people. And so when we're doing mission things, we're being missional. And so I I, I just simply see those words like that. I know that they kind of get loaded um, yeah. because they become strategies or you know, mission is this and mission isn't that. If everything is mission, then nothing is mission. You know, a couple of scholars have debated and, um, you know, I just, I just think we, you know, like humans, we love to take something and just really make it complicated. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not, it's not, it it may be hard, but it's not that complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's keep teasing out this, um, mission stuff. So, um, and this is theological concept. So missio day, right? So, um, and you talk about mission kingdom and then mission and and church. So like, what is the missio day? Well, I mean, yeah, grammatically, it just means the mission of God. Right. Missio day. Fancy Latin. Right. Fancy Latin makes us sound super smart. Right. And, We're um, very erudite. Yeah. That's, why, that's why we have white hair and we teach at Denver Seminary. I know it. I know. Um, but Missio Day has also become this identifier um, for a way of thinking. So it, it is Latin. It does just mean the mission of God. Um, but it is also when I think when we're using it, like in this conversation right now, we're kind of using an identifier for a way of thinking, um, that kind of started, you know, most people would say with Bart, um, you know, and he gave a talk and it was the first time that he connected theology and mission together. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, tr- and Trinity, you know, so it was this, these sending concepts and, and then it just kind of kept going through the 1900s and um, developing more and more and more. And, you know, some listeners may have heard of New Begin and, and that, and that all got to Frost and Hirsch who started Forge. And so, so Missio Day, when we say Missio Day, we're kind of, we're kind of talking about this concept of God is already on mission. And, and our, our job, if you will, I hate the word job, but our, um, maybe our calling is to, is to have an awareness and a listening posture for the spirit to see where God is at work and 
and join him in that. You know, there, there, there are gaps maybe is a way to say it. Um, the gaps between the world and the kingdom. And, and we get the opportunity to step into those gaps and display and proclaim the kingdom. And so, um, yeah, so I think Missio Day is just, it's just this way of thinking that we are participants in something God is already doing. And I guess I would say, as opposed to when you talked about when you were studying mission and it was overseas, you know, for decades and decades, there was this, you know, this thought process that God is absent in a place mm -hmm. and we carry God with us mm. and deposit him among like indigenous people or, you know, whatever in a culture. And of course, make them look like Americans and all that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> right. um, but we're kind of carrying God into a vacuum. Right. And I think yeah. Missio Day is saying the opposite of that. No, no, yeah. no, no. God is already at work. This is God's world. He's omnipresent in it. Go somewhere and then see how you can participate. And so I would say that's just as true for overseas as it is in your neighborhood. Yeah. 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 So now um, to use another word you use, you say we. And so, um, uh, see, I, I use people's words and I just entrap them. And yeah, then I just think you're just trying to trap me. Podcast. <laughs> well, right. So, um, but I do think all of us, we, you know, we all have, assumptions and terms that we use, you know, and so getting to us to unpack that, how much of the we is individual? How much of it is organizational? Like, is this something we can, we, in, each of us as individuals can do on our own? Yes. Or exclusively? Or what is the role of that gathered church well, and community? Yeah, I would not say that, I would not I would not be an advocate that um, following Jesus individually and, and that being the only thing we do, I would not say that's healthy. Yeah. Like, can we do it? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. And I, and there's probably, there's probably places, historic, even historical places we can point to where God's people have been by themselves or whatever, whether it's captive or, you know, whatever it is. And, and they're able to participate in God's mission by themselves. Um, but I think a communal posture of sentness is, um, is the healthiest, but I, but I don't think that that means that the whole community has to do the same thing. So, I mean, here's the, here's the, kind of the touchy thing is that as the church took on mission and, and kind of, you know, it's like we, it's like we nodded to Bart and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we agree with you, Trinity theology mission, but then we separated ecclesiology from missiology. It's like, mm -hmm. we, it's like we said, missions got is going to, is what we do overseas. That's the evangelism we do overseas. And then everything else is organizational that the church does. Yeah. Now, now, yes, we do talk about evangelism. We talk about, you know, we preach on loving your neighbor, whatever, but I would, I would argue that we have one of our biggest failures in the church has been that we separated um, sentness 
from discipleship. So we started um, discipling people in really healthy things like meditating on scripture and your prayer life and, you know, quiet times and, you know, all, all these different spiritual formation techniques, but we didn't see loving the neighbors right on your street as something part of spiritual formation. When Jesus actually showed up in the room and that's the first thing he said, no, 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 no. I want you to be sent just the way the father sent me. And we can kind of look at the gospels and, and kind of come up with a picture of how Jesus was sent. You know, we, we know that he hung out with the margins and he ate with people and he, you know, mm -hmm. so the disciples likely are rattling off their last three years of their life when he says, go be sent, you know, in the same way the father sent me. So, so I think there's a danger to it being too organizational, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Like the, the church can take on the leadership of the church can take on something that leaves the people in the pew feeling like, okay, I've done my, I've done my mission work, Yeah. but they've never been discipled to be sent themselves individually. Yeah. So it's kind of a both end, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you look at uh, in the Bible, you know, the app, apostolic bands, you know, and, and, um, so I certainly in the traditions that I grew up in, it's like, um, missionaries were those people specifically sent to do these pioneering things around the world, or maybe yeah. another part of the country, but there was never any talk of us, me individually and our local congregation being mission was, and we had a missions conference and we brought in the yeah. outside speaker who was in the jungle or maybe in the big mm -hmm. city, you know, the post-Christian city type of thing. So, yeah, I think we've, and so in the West or the United States um, and West, I know we're not talking just California and Denver. We're yeah. talking about like right. Western, Western church, West, yeah. Western church, Western culture. Um, there's been this, like you said, kind of over institutionalizing uh, in the West, except for the apostolic bands, they can go and do what they want, you know? And so instead mm -hmm. of bringing that flexibility and freedom in our own context here and individual sentness, right. would you say? Yeah. And I, I would say those, ap those apostolic kind of oriented people, um, they naturally are sent. I mean, it's like, I, you know, and I, and I, I know Scott McKnight on an earlier episode, he kind of talked about APEST a little bit and I, I disagreed with him. Yeah. I sent you a text, Yeah, but I, but Did I, you throw it to me I, at, the, at your like scream while you're watching yeah. or listening. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't see Ephesians four giftings, you know, that's what we're talking about with APEST, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, shepherd. Um, I don't see them as a formula, but I do see them as helpful, kind of like the Enneagram. It's like, it's kind of helpful to kind of know how you, you're wired. We always say that the, the apes, the apostolic prophetic evangelists, those, these are those people that have this natural Holy Spirit urging to get outside the walls and do something or do something new. We always say the apes have left the building. Yeah. And, and you can see that because you see this, this um, huge growth in parachurch um, movements, which, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to pretend to say whether those should be or not. I mean, that's up to God, but p potentially those people went and started something because 
inside the church, they weren't understood and the church didn't feel equipped to do it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, um, and so you're kind of left with a structure that focuses on teachers and shepherds, you know, and yeah. which is what we have in the church, yeah. which isn't bad. It's just, you know, a community of faith that is all structured on the pulpit and teaching and shepherding and all that people are being cared for. They're learning the word, they're doing all those good things, but they've left, they've kind of lost their scent imagination. What can we do as a community? What can I do as an individual? You know, how can we, um, how can we bring justice to our city and to our neighborhood and, and the place that we're, you know, called to. And so, um, yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. But anyway, I, I would say, here's how I would say it. Every Christ follower is sent. It, yeah. it really doesn't matter your gifting, whether you're apostolic or not. Yeah. Uh, because I, I think John 20, 21 is a, is a commission like Matthew 28. I think we're seeing two gospels, a couple of different commissions, uh, presented. Yeah. And so, you know, go and make disciples. I mean, you know, I, I see be sent in the same way the father sent me is similar in, um, in where it's leading us to. But then I would say things like, you know, APES, you know, like Ephesians four giftings and stuff that kind of gives us this picture of like the different ways that we're wired. And then of course, Paul's, you know, be unified as the church. And I mean, when we work together with our gifts, then obviously scripture is teaching us we're better together than yeah. individually. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, some of the um, maybe traditional understanding of like roles of the church, uh, you talked about discipleship being, uh, you know, toward for mission. What about like um, uh, worship or, um, fellowship, those types of things, like what place or what role do those have in, or do they in a missional understanding of church? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'd say yes and yes. So, it's, like, it's like, it's not either or, it's both and. So it's what, like, but what yeah. does that look like? Or where does, how do they fit if, if it's, I mean, kind of overarching mission. Mm -hmm. And then like, because some churches, some in some traditions, some streams, I mean, the primary purpose is worship. I mean, it's kind of like worship if and then, yeah. you know, sentence instead of like mission. But so if missio is the overarching umbrella, then where do those fit within or under or how does that fit? Well, I mean, I, you know, I would say, you know, if you look at scripture, Paul knows that people are going to be walking into worship services and observing things. And so he, he sometimes urges caution, right, in our worship and, um, you know, the things that we do so that we're not freaking people out, you know, that are coming in. And so that, so there is an evangelistic aspect to the gathered people of God, because I think people are, you know, what's going on in there. I know a couple of Christians They're They love me. They're really nice to me. So I'm, I want to go see what's going on. But I don't think the worship service in our context today is the primary place of evangelism, if we want to use that word. Yeah. Um, I'm, sometimes words, you know, 
I do want to reclaim evangelism at some point, but right now it's just got like such a, yeah, <laughs> such a stigma to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, I think with mission, mission is always contextual. And so I think in this, in our day and time, the worship service is primarily for the people of God. I mean, that's what we're finding. People are not people that don't believe in God or, or even seeking are not walking into church services. Yeah. Uh, you know, someone will have a church plant and they have 200 people show up the first Sunday and, and they're all excited. And I'm, I'm grateful that they feel called to do that, but those are not non-Christians showing up to that. They're just Christians from other churches yeah. primarily, you know, and, and so it's not a place of evangelism. It should be a, it's a place of worship, of community, and it's a place of reminding us of who we are, right? We're God's people. Uh, we're people under grace. We're people of grace. And I think every worship service should have some component of, and so go live this way, be sent this way, go, um, you know, go be, be part of, not of, but part of your community in this way. Um, Michael Frost used to tell this story. He actually used to pastor a little missional community and every service they would bring up an individual from the community and it could be Sally, the school teacher. Mm -hmm. And he would say, so tell us what you do, Sally. And yeah. she would, I'm a school teacher and da, 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 da. And they would commission her just like they would commission a missionary that was going overseas. And so it was this part of the culture and the ethos of their community that we are all constantly sent. And so after we've worshiped and reminded ourselves who we are and read the scriptures and, and taken communion and, you know, whatever, whatever your liturgy happens to be now go and be sent in the way that Jesus was sent. Yeah. And so uh, to me, that's a, a piece that's missing from a lot of, a lot of church um, liturg liturgies. Yeah. yeah. Kind of local gatherings. Yeah. 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 You yeah. and I have talked, uh, you know, a bit um, um, when we've crossed paths at conference and stuff, uh, conferences and stuff about this whole question and church and, and a term that's used a lot is ecclesial minimum. You know, that's yeah. a different group. So for you, what's the, what are the ecclesial minimums that make some make church? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I jumped on the ecclesial minimum bandwagon early mm. and being friends with the guys down at Tampa underground. They yeah. kind of came up with that, that term. Um, and it's not that I don't agree with them, but I'm, more and more I'm, I'm having a hard time um, just trying to define things, you yeah. know, like, okay, here's three things. And if we get these three things, then that's it. Yeah. Um, and that's probably part of my age, you know, it's like, I'm just, I'm sick of defining things. Yeah. And like, yeah. Is this going to get redefined in another two years, yeah. you know, or yeah. whatever. But, you know, I think their, their way of looking at it, um, you know, worship community mission, um, you know, V3 has the same three ecclesial minimums with, but different words, uh, you know, it's an acronym or something. Um, that's not bad. I mean, it maybe, maybe if we use it not to say 
okay, we've got a church. We, you know, we're a church, so we can just like rest in that. But maybe if it's used as a um, kind of self identifier, you know, to say, you know, are we focusing enough on, you know, worship and rhythms of life and that if, you know, um, whole life of worship kind of of thought, are, are we on mission together as a community? And individually, um, you know, if we're asking some of those kind of questions, then ecclesial minimums are are probably helpful. But I would say, you know, a, a church is a community of people. Yeah. It, could that be three people? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. I don't know why it couldn't. Um, you know, 10 people in a house their whole life is given over to worship. They pay some attention to scripture and spiritual transformation and they're on mission together. I mean, I would just, I would say, yeah, they're, they're a a faith more and more. I keep saying a faith community because church just kind of has these multiple definitions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When I think about the ecclesial minimum, I think uh, it's helpful in two ways. One, um, People look at church to, again, loaded term, right? Church today. And there's, it's, there's so, oh, well, you have to have a building. You have to have this and you have to be doing this, you know, and they, and we could have this endless list of things that, that we say, well, it has to have all these things, you know? And I think sometimes in our consumer society, we've said, well, it, it has to have, uh, it's not a church if it doesn't have this big children's ministry or something, right. you know, like that. Right. So one day it's, it's a way of, paring down, but I think it also can be, you know, you and I've heard folks talk about, well, we gather to go hiking every Sunday. That's our church. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. not just any gathering of two or three yeah. is church either. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you know, the, the liturgy of a church should be defined by the community, its traditions, um, scripture, of course, um, thoughtful intentionality, you know, to engage with God. And so, you know, the hiking church or like, you know, like our friend, Michael Beck, who does fresh expressions. I mean, he dons a black robe and leads his United Methodist congregation on Sunday mornings. And then that night he'll be at his tattoo parlor church or his, you know, they have a Tesla church and a, they have all these different churches. He has a VR church, which, yeah. you know, I kind of question incarnation there, but you know, that's a whole nother discussion. Um, but you, you, what you might ask is like, you know, it's easy to kind of judge the, um, the environment that the liturgy is taking place, but maybe the question is just, Oh, well, that's interesting. How do you intentionally, um, form your, your liturgy around being closer to God and the scriptures and, and prayer and some of those things. Yeah, for sure. And I yeah. think, I think the key word is intentionality. I probably, yeah. I wasn't clear because I hear sometimes, well, we've got, f- I'm a Christian and the rest five of us, you know, uh, non-Christians get together and we were like, there's, there's a piece of it is a, the community of faith. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not just an affinity group around right. that activity. Right. Right. There's yeah. intentionality of those other pieces as well. Yeah. 
I mean, I would, I would tend to those kind of situations. I just, I tend to ask questions and then maybe, you know, if I have an opinion about there's a, there's a hole in something or whatever, it's like, you know, you can offer, right. You can offer a suggestion or whatever. Have y'all, you know, maybe y'all should pack the Eucharist with you and take communion at the top of a mountain and whatever, you know, if they're not doing that kind of yeah. stuff, because you know, it can be, that can be incredibly meaningful. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I yeah. agree. I don't think, I mean, context, I think mm -hmm. we've too, been too bound by walls of brick and mortar, Sure. you know, coming out of an inst very um, institutional, heavy, you know, understanding of culture and society. I mean, institutions of all kinds, schools, yeah. churches, governments, you know, right. that type right. of thing. So I right. think we need what Michael's and others, those fresh expressions, you know, as they're called and sure. um, dinner church. And there's so many, I mean, I think they're just, yeah. uh, it was just, I love hearing about all of them because they're so creative and, and they're in spaces that I would never, I, I just don't, but my everyday life doesn't cross paths with those, you know, contexts and those people. So we need yeah. people in those. Yeah, absolutely. Those spaces. Um, yeah, I, I just had a interesting conversation. Um, I sound like I'm name dropping, but we <laughs> I had the honor and the privilege of kind of sitting with Alan Roxborough. It was my first time. Oh, wow. and um, and he's really his books and stuff have shaped shaped me, kind of like Hirsch and Frost. And it was interesting to hear him really pushing against um, methods and environments like what we're talking about yeah. so it's like it's not about the brick and mortar it's not about i'm i'm paraphrasing him um which would be dangerous um it's not about hiking church it's not about this type of church or that type of church or dinner church it's it's about the the core of what's underneath that which is are you kind you know are you his word was dwell are you dwelling together with the Holy Spirit, discerning what God is doing, and then joining him in that. So I'm yeah. kind of paraphrasing a, a long conversation. And I just, I, I found that really refreshing because um, I guess, you know, one point I would make from his conversation was we're kind of falling into a trap of swinging the pendulum toward just other methods. Yeah. So it's not brick and mortar anymore. It's microchurch mm -hmm. or it's dinner church or it's this church or that, you know. And it's not that those things are bad, but I think as, as human beings, we kind of like to, we like to discover the new secret sauce or what's yep. the code, you know? So if we do this, then we have this metric of success, whatever that means. And, and, and maybe we're measuring success just like completely wrong. Um, and, and we need to kind of get back to you know, kind of some core orthodox, um, you know, I'll use the term mystical. I'm trying to use that in a good way. Yeah. It's like the mystery of God. It's like these, it's like these things of, okay, we want to, as a group of people, we want to be closer to God. We want to listen. We want to participate in what he's doing and be less concerned with, are we going to be able to do all these things within the 60 minutes allotted to our service, you know? Yeah. And so we're going to put it on a sheet of paper and, you know, have the slides built and, you know, all these things that yeah. we have kind of come up with. So I'm not calling either one bad or good. I'm just, it was, it was a very reorienting conversation for mm -hmm. me. Um, 
because I can, I can do that myself. I can be like, yeah, smaller is better. So let's do micro church, you know? Yeah. Um, and I can, I'm in a church of probably, you know, 800 with kids and I can be really critical of brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. So I can find myself kind of doing that. And, um, and so I need to caution myself to kind of think about the core of what we're trying to do as, as, uh, the people of God, you know, what are we yeah. trying to move toward? Yeah. Well, along those lines, let's talk a little bit about that idea. I mean, you've talked several times about listening to God and being present in the Holy Spirit and what that could look like communally, because in most of the models that I was familiar with, that I was taught, that I first used to teach, there was still like this one or maybe two leaders. They got the vision, came down the mountain kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I heard from God. Now you need to do this. And there's still this very leadership driven or leadership implemented mm -hmm. thing. So what does communal listening look like? And how are you doing that at Pulpit Rock or, yeah. or helping to foster that? How does okay. a commute, how do you make it truly communal? Not just yeah. within these walls, we still have our one person who's telling us the thing. Yeah. So, so I think we have a combination of those kinds of things. Um, I, you know, I do think if you have an org, if you have an organization, a co community that's pretty large, there do need to be leaders, but they, they obviously, I think they act, they need to act differently than we think of leaders or lead pastors. I mean, we, we have the same titles you know, that a lot of churches have, but one thing I'm grateful for is that, you know, our, from our elder board down, we think pretty differently about leadership and about, um, community. So at Pulpit Rock, we have, which I think, you know, I would say it's a pretty good experiment going on. I mean, we haven't figured it out, but I would, I would point to it and say, Hey, it's a pretty good experiment that's yeah. happening. You're learning a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're learning and we're doing some things right. Not everything right. So, so we do have organizational, um, discernment via, I would say, you know, listening to what's going on with people in the congregation where they're involved, let's say around the world or in other organizations. And then, and then we have annually, we have this thing, we, we just call it the Christmas offering because you know, that's what it is. It's around Christmas, but we, we raise a bunch of support and awareness around ministries outside the walls of our church and we give it all away. And so in the past, we've been able to raise like over $200,000, you know, a year just to kind of pass out to, you know, ministries that are fighting sex trafficking, refugee ministries, uh, a church in Ukraine, um, you know, different, just different things that are going on. But we are, we also get involved relationally in those things and even in the work of those things. Um, so our lead pastor is actually an undercover agent with a um, ministry that rescues girls from sex trafficking. Mm. So he takes off a couple weeks a month and, mm. or a couple weeks a year. And, and he goes and he's in brothels in Thailand or wherever, like helping rescue girls. And so we are all intimately involved in things outside the walls. Plus we are a church that is, um, you know, a little more well-to-do in terms of our demographics. So we believe our money, our finances 
is part of our contribution to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so we're right now we're giving away about 33% of everything that comes in. We're trying to get to 51%. So mm-hmm. we want to spend more on the kingdom than we spend on ourselves. That's our, that's our goal. So there's an, there's kind of an organizational vision. And then we, we are constantly discipling people to find out what is the thing that God wants you to do in your neighborhood or your small group or whatever. And we, we launched, um, I, I talked about it just a little while ago, briefly, um, this network missional expressions network Mm -hmm. called the Pando collective, which I can get into the name if you want to, but it's basically a collection of people and churches and organizations that come together to incubate and launch kingdom expressions together. And they don't have to be here at pulpit rock. Yeah. But an individual can say, Hey, I want to, I want to start doing backyard barbecues in my neighborhood, you know, pancakes on the porch or whatever, but I don't have a grill and I need a table and whatever. So we can, we can kind of incubate their ideas, Hmm. help them get them started. We can, we even have some, funding where we can do these kingdom grants to kind of help them, uh, their dream and their calling to kind of flourish, um, individually. And what we found is that some people will, will join them. They'll join together and do things. Yeah. And so, you know, I would say the good experiment is that we're, we're discerning as a team. It's not one or two people, uh, we're listening to the congregation and we do come up with some organizational things we push toward. But then we're also individually discipling people and really putting, you know, money and time and effort behind helping them get things started yeah. individually as well and yeah. then joining them in that. So there's kind of a push from both ends. So, uh, you know, my last question, I think, is um, I'll just ask it. Are you hopeful about the church and the future of the church? I mean, you're seeing a lot. You're you're leading. I mean, you're, you see what's happening around the world. Um, you have a great book that I'll link to in the show notes. Uh, I mean, that you contributed or editor red skies, right. And talking about the future. Are you hopeful and encouraged? I am. I am totally confident that Jesus's church is fine. (laughs) I mean, I said this on a recent podcast. I got the same question on another podcast. It's like, well, is the church like going down the drain or whatever? No, I mean, the church is, the church is going to be fine. And, um, so I'm confident of that. I am not confident of our contextualization Hmm. of what church is right now. So, you know, I tell pastors be ready for some pain. Yeah. Because I, you know, Alan Hirsch always said, if you want to see the future of the church in America, look to Europe. Yeah. And if you've been over to Europe, you see these beautiful cathedrals that, you know, they got 50 people that show up on a Sunday, yeah. you know, and, um, and so I, I think we're going to continue to see an emptying of theater style buildings. Yeah. But I think we'll see a flourishing of other types of gatherings. And unfortunately, I think we'll see a lot of Christian nomads around. Yeah. But that's an opportunity because if some people, you know, if some people, pastors and that have a calling, will get it together and say, okay, how do we become 
a community of these nomads to join God in his mission. I, you know, I think some real movement could take place. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm not worried about the church. I'm, I am worried. Well, not worried. I just think it's, I just think it's how it's how things go. I think this, the brick and mortar sit in a theater, one white guy behind the pulpit. Those days are, those days are, are few. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I always love talking to you and I wish we could just keep going for several more hours, but, um, we both have things to do and I'm sure listeners do as well. And so, um, but just so glad for what you're doing kingdom wise and to be connected with you in a small part of it through forge and what we're doing with Denver seminary and just kind of the other stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the Denver seminary D men and encourage all the listeners take a look at it. It's going to be, we're going to be talking about stuff on the edge, like what we're talking about now. It's yeah. like, you know, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, parts of one of the course titles that um, you've developed is ecclesial architecture. Yeah. And so um, I, I just go, Ooh, I want to sit on all, I, I want to take your track. I already have a doctorate rolling, but I want to sit in. <laughs> well, I think you run the program. So you're welcome oh. to sit in on anything. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. Well, Roland, thanks for your time and for our conversation. I appreciate hey, it. Great to talk to you, Angie. Thanks.